My kids can barely believe that I didn't have Netflix when I was a kid. They just sort of look at you like you're from Mars or something. And then I completely blow their minds when I tell them not only did I not have a subscription streaming service of any sort, I didn't have the internet. They almost sort of bow their heads, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> and then I let that sort of settle in for a little while. And then I, I say to them, I, look, it wasn't completely normal for people of my age and era, but nor did I have TV, free to air. Like, I didn't have any of that. And they just sort of, how old are you? You know, they just... And so one of my favourite activities, it's, I know, it's probably a bit sad, really, but... Um, no TV, no PlayStation, no Atari, no Commodore 64 even, no... No internet, um, and I, I spent a lot of time outside. And Sundays was the most boring day of the entire week when I was a kid, because Sunday was the day of the Lord and you weren't allowed to have fun. That's what I felt like anyway at the time. So my bike got put away on Sunday. I wasn't allowed to, my bike was my best friend sometimes, you know go exploring on my bike and I would spend hours and hours lying on an old trampoline that my dad had made and lying on my back and just staring up at clouds. I love them. And it's funny the formative things that you do in your youth because I still get unusually excited about interesting cloud formations or something, you know. Um, I love when it's this time of the year and we start getting like the humidity building in the afternoon and you start to see those columns of cloud that shoot up into the air and you can see those storm heads brewing and you think that, like I love that. Um, a couple of weeks ago I took the kids for a drive out to Stockton Beach and we were driving on the sand dunes out there and parked somewhere and they were just playing in the sand dunes and sat and watched them. And, one of those big storms, a few weeks ago, we had a big hailstorm that came through. Um, I was out on the beach, I could see that sweeping across from the sort of southeast and watching it brewing and being torn between the fact that I really want to watch this, this is incredible, to I've got to be a responsible father and get my children out of a hailstorm type of thing. <laughs> um, but those sorts of things are amazing. Uh, so it's actually fascinates me when you read about in Exodus that God often shows up, I think to a certain degree symbolically, but I think he really showed up and oftentimes he shows up in a cloud, right? Um, Mount Sinai, he comes, descends onto the mountain like in a cloud and Moses goes up to speak to him and certainly all the way through the Old Testament, cloud and God is, is 
closely associated. I'm not saying that if you go outside and look at the clouds today, you go, oh, wow, yeah, there's God. Um, but they certainly speak something amazing of him. So um, we're going to have a little break from our series in 1 Corinthians um, today and maybe next week. We're shuffling a few things around with some dates. But um, what I thought I'd do today at least, and, and throughout the rest of the year we're going to scatter a few of these in like salt and pepper, um, some really common Christian sayings um, that we use as followers of Jesus pretty frequently. And I want to just sort of pause on them for a little bit and just sort of think about what we're saying when we use those sayings. Today, um, I'm going to use the saying that I follow God or I follow Jesus. It's a fairly common saying, right? And we might even say, I follow Jesus, or we might ask somebody else, hey, do you follow Jesus? Do you follow God? So um, let's pause on that for a little bit and consider it. Let's pray and ask God's help. Then we're going to read his word and reflect on it. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. That's um, quite an astounding statement because we know what we are like. And you not only put up with us, you don't tolerate us, you love us, you pursue us. And you ask us to be with you. Thank you for gathering your people together the way we have this morning. Um, quite broken, quite unsure, many of us. Pains that have been shared publicly and many more that have been held on to privately. And yet you know them. So Lord, speak to us this morning, we pray. Encourage our hearts to see Jesus. Amen. Grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Exodus. Second book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus. And I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 13. I'm going to read just a short passage. We're going to read a few short passages throughout different parts of the Bible today. I'm going to read from the uh, Christian Standard Bible. Exodus 13. I think I've put them on the screens in case you're having trouble following along. Exodus 13, verse 21 and verse 22 and maybe you'll um, find this familiar. Um, I'll, I'll read it and then we'll sort of set it in its context for a little bit. Verse 21 says, The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to lead them on their way during the day and in a pillar of fire to give them light at night so that they could travel day or night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left its place in front of the people. Now, let's set this in its context for a little bit. Um, you know the story, right, of the Israelites who went into, initially it wasn't captivity, they went to, uh, to Egypt to be saved from the famine under Joseph. Remember that story? And Eventually, Joseph's dad and his brothers go down and they're all there as well. But then time goes by and new leadership arises in Egypt. And eventually the people of Israel, the family of Israel that had grown so large over the years, 
was eventually enslaved as a nation of forced labor um, for the Egyptian nation. And for 400 years, they were enslaved and cried out to God. And God heard their pleas and he came and rescued them through the um, his servant Moses, and there were the plagues. You remember, you remember those stories? And it culminated, didn't it, in um, the, what we call as the Exodus, that moment where the people eventually leave the nation of Egypt, but they are quite a long way from their homeland. And it was many, many days of travel required between where they were and where they needed to be and God said listen follow me and I will take you home to this promised land that they've been longing for if you remember the story I'm skipping ahead a little bit they they actually got to the the borders of the promised land reasonably quickly really they had to go through a red sea They had to go via a mountain where God revealed the law. And then it wasn't too much later, they were on the borders, the southern borders of the promised land. And there they they balked, right? There they stalled because there were some incredible challenges before them. There were giants in the land. There were people there. There were all sorts of obstacles to overcome. And they became fearful, The, the spies that had been sent into the land came back, well, nearly all of them, with bad reports. And uh, they turned their back on what God had asked them to do in trusting him and spent then 40 years wandering in the desert until every single person under the age of 21 of that generation had died in the desert. And a new generation arose and God led them back to the promised land 40 years later. Now you might recall that all the way through that journey, and we just read a little bit of it there, after they left Egypt, as they were heading towards the Red Sea, remember when the Pharaoh's armies were right behind them and they went through the waters, it was that amazing miracle. Something else was occurring and we just read about it. A pillar of cloud that God said, I I will be with you. In the daytime, I'm going to be this pillar of cloud and I want you to follow that. And at nighttime, that pillar of cloud, the way that I imagine it was just, you know, there there was like a, a fire tornado almost, just erupting there, emitting light. It was undeniably God's presence with them. And they said, listen, during the day, this cloud, at night, a pillar of fire, whether day or night, You can follow it. And verse 22 says that the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left its place in front of the people. Here's what I want you to know something about the way that God calls us to follow him. God says to you this morning, listen, follow me and I'll lead the way. I'll lead the way. That's God's invitation and command, God's assurance to us this morning. When it comes to being a people who follow after God, it's because God has said, come and follow me and I'm going to lead the way. 
He's not asking us this morning. He's not asking you this morning to step out into ground unknown. It feels like it, right? We've heard testimonies this morning and people sharing. And we just know, even if no one had told those stories this morning, just the testimony of our own experience. Every day, so often feels like putting your foot out into unknown territory. But it's not unknown to God. He says, come and follow this cloud, this pillar of cloud, this pillar of fire by night. Whether it's day or whether it's night, God says to his people, it will never leave its place. Never. Reminds me a little bit, doesn't it, of Jesus talking to his disciples. And lo, I will be with you always. It's the staying, dependable nature of God. That when it comes to following him, the first thing I want you to know this morning is that he is completely dependable and he walks before you in in whatever you're about to step into. We get hints of it sometimes and maybe it's a, a conversation with a doctor. And it gives us hints about what our future might look like. And even if that is exactly the way it works out, God's still saying, follow me. I will not leave you there. I will lead the way. We love the the psalm. We had a psalm read to us this morning. Psalm 23, right? The great shepherd psalm. The one who leads us. And, And though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and though you do, all right, that's, that's the statement. Even if that occurs, my rod and my staff will comfort you. Why? Because he's close. He doesn't comfort from afar. He doesn't stand way on the other side just going, do your best. If you make it, I'll be here. God's the God that says, no, I'll stand right there in front of you. Just keep stepping where I step. Keep walking just behind me. I know from the painful personal experiences of my own life, how prone we are to wandering as a people. Isn't it true? Um, There's an old hymn that we sometimes sing. It's been redone over the years. Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. No doubt. No doubt our love for Jesus. And, And you feel it, right? There's this sort of sense of connection with a God that's done so much for you to say, I I, I love Jesus, but why is it that I love him and seem to step off the path and walk away and be distracted by all sorts of other things in his life? I want you to hear this morning that yes, that happens. And yes, as we call to, to follow Jesus, and yet we have this God who says, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left its place in front of the people. 
And we've got a story of Jesus as that great shepherd who counts his flock and notices one missing. Remember that story that he tells? So he's willing to step away from the 99 that are safe there for a moment. And he wants to go looking for that one that wanders. I don't know where he found that wandering sheep. I know enough about sheep to probably have a good guess that it was probably upside down in a gully somewhere. Or caught up in some you know, thorn bush somewhere. Or had its head wedged in the fork of an old tree trying to pull it out. That's just what dumb sheep do. I also know from my own experiences that they're the places I've ended up when I've wandered. But we still have a God who says, I will never leave. I'll be there day and night. I will show up. That's the God that's calling us to follow him. A God who says, I will lead the way. Okay, here's the second passage I want you to look at. Just one chapter later, Exodus chapter 14. Just two verses again. Exodus 14 verse 19 says this. Then the angel of God, who was going in front of the Israelite forces, moved and went behind them. The pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and stood behind them. It came between the Egyptian and Israelite forces. There was cloud and darkness. It lit up the night and neither group came near the other all night long. This is the picture just before the nation of Israel crosses the Red Sea. Maybe you recall the details of it. Moses had led the people the way that God had said to go, follow me. The cloud had led them. The pillar of fire had led them out in front of them. Come on, keep following me. This is the way to go. And it led them to a beach. You look to the right and the water kept on going. Look to the left, the water kept on going. And that's the way that we need to go through, through there. I'm sure Moses had questions. Maybe he he kept them to himself or just asked God privately. The rest of the people, and there were a lot of them, they didn't ask those questions privately. They they let Moses know, Moses, we're having concerns about your leadership. It says they grumbled and complained and basically said to Moses, you know what, Moses? We were better off in Egypt. We would rather be enslaved than to come out here and just die in the desert. Is this what all this is about? Meanwhile, God has said to Moses, Moses, your job and the people's job is just to stand quietly and watch me. Watch me be your saviour. Moses, just stand there and hold the the staff above the water. And God did something amazing. Now, unlike the the movies, unlike the stage plays, the sudden eruption of water and it's like, wow, that's amazing. The Bible says that a strong wind blew all night 
and the water started to pile up on either side. All night. Um, I can imagine just standing there waiting for something to happen. It's like, oh, something's happening. We've got to wait another few hours before we can go. But meanwhile, isn't it true that the Egyptian armies were pressing in from the desert behind them? They were being hemmed in and trapped. Couldn't go forward, couldn't turn around and go back. And so this pillar of cloud and this pillar of fire, it said, went from in front of the people and it went around and stood at their back. And it said there was great cloud and great darkness that fire lit the night and it formed an impenetrable hem, a wall, a boundary, a shield between Egypt and Israel. And it says, and neither could come near each other all night. So here's what I want you to take from that little passage. While God says, I will never leave you, follow me, God also says, listen, I've got your back. It's a saying that we have in Australia, isn't it? That, you know, someone's got my back. It really erupted out of the era of the war, where you were with a, a group of men, comrades in mates and while the enemy might be there and your focus was that direction you're always exposed from behind where an enemy might come around the side or be flanked or from the rear and attack in a way that you hadn't seen and you'd have a mate who'd stand there with his back against yours and he'd say to you you just keep doing your job I've got your back Right? You, you just keep on focus on doing what the mission is, what, what the direction is, where we're meant to go. And don't you worry about what's behind. I've got your back. And I love the fact that God does this to his people. He just says, listen, this is the direction we've got to go. Keep following after me. But listen, I've got your back. Maybe you need to hear that this morning. Maybe you're saying, you know, I'm following Jesus the best that I can. But I'm so worried about these other things that are occurring. I'm so worried about these circumstances that are, feel outside of my control. I'm worried about relationships that have gone awry. I'm worried. Then maybe this morning I want you to hear that God is saying to you, listen, keep, just keep pressing in after me. Keep following in the direction that I've asked you to walk and I've got your back. I'll be there. I won't let you... Be hung out to dry. I'm not going to abandon you on the battlefield. I'm not going to just walk away when you wander. I've got your back. So God is saying this morning, listen, follow after me. I'll always be there. But also, I've got your back. You can trust me. I won't let you down. All right, next passage, not in Exodus. Go to the book of Numbers. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Numbers chapter 10. Just another two verses again. During the second year, 
in the second month of the 20th day of the month, the cloud was lifted up above the tabernacle of the testimony. The Israelites traveled on from the wilderness of Sinai, moving from one place to the next until the cloud stopped in the wilderness of Paran. Here's the, um, the summary point that I want you to hear, and I've borrowed this from Tolkien. Not all who wander are lost. All right? Not all who wander are lost. The reason I use that, and the reason I use the, the passage from Numbers, is sometimes, I think, as followers of Jesus, we tend to fall into the trap of thinking, well, if I am a good follower, if I do all the things that God wants me to do, and I go all the places that... God wants me to go, then, then I can trust God because I'm doing my part so God will do his part. But that passage that we read in Numbers, how in verse 12 it says the Israelites traveled on from the wilderness of Sinai, moving from one place to the next until the clouds stopped. That's after they had stood at the borders of the promised land and said, nah, we don't trust what God has for us. Oh God, you said follow you and trust you, right? Well, we don't. There are too many challenges. There are too many obstacles. We don't want you to lead us into the promised land. You said that that's where we would be safe, but we don't trust you. So we're going to do things our own way. Now, if we'd been in charge of God's response, if I'd been in charge of God's response, then maybe we could expect God to say, well then, good luck, I'm taking my cloud. <laughs> right? I hope you can see in the dark because the pillar of fire is not going to be there anymore. You don't want to walk my way? Fine. Do it yourself. That's the way we do it. Often, isn't it? Man, I'm glad God's not like us. Yes, it's true that for 40 years, these people wandered the desert. And in my mind, for so long, I just had this picture of this big group of people aimlessly wandering around in a desert somewhere. Just going, where do we go? Let's try that sand dune. We wander over there, set up camp there for a while. I wonder if we can go this way. And they're just wandering around like aimless. I've certainly felt like in my life there have been times where I've been aimlessly wandering. No sense of real purpose or direction in following after God at all. Just, I don't know, we'll just give it a crack. But it amazed me that even through the 40 years of wandering, the 40 years that they spent wandering the desert because they wouldn't trust God, the fact that God said, follow me, I'm going to give you the cloud, and, and don't worry, I've got your back, that didn't stop. Not all who wander are lost. Maybe you're in a season of wandering this morning. Maybe you have been and you're struggling to 
figure out or struggling to, to have that sense of the fact that how could God ever be with me? How could God ever love me? I've wandered. God doesn't give up that easy. God doesn't give up that easy on his people. God is a God who pursues them. God is a God who's faithful, who says, you might be unfaithful, but I never will. So for 40 years, there were a group of people wandering in a desert, but there was still a cloud to follow. There was still a a fire to guard. There was still a God who said, keep following after me. I've got your back. What do we do when we're wandering like that? Well, I said we were going to have a break from 1 Corinthians, but I'm going to slip a little 1 Corinthians passage in there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Have a read of that. We, we covered this a few weeks back as we've been walk, working through the book. There's a really interesting little phrase here that Paul makes very clear. And it's got a lot to do with what we've just been talking about this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, reading from verses 1 down to verse 4, says this. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So my encouragement to you this morning, as you hear that term, Come follow me, which is what Jesus asked of his disciples, wasn't it? Or that sense as a Christian that we say, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus or I'm a follower of God. Then I want you to hear this morning, yes, definitely. God's saying, come on, follow me. I'll lead the way. Just keep in step with me. Keep in walk with me. Paul says elsewhere, if you walk by the Spirit, then keep in step with the Spirit. If you say that you follow God, then walk with him. That's what Paul's asking us to do in that passage. It's what God has shown and demonstrated of himself. And yes, he says, hey, listen, when you're following me, don't you worry. I've got your back. I will never leave you. I'll be with you. And yet the story of Israel's wanderings show us very clearly what we know to be true of our own life as well. Is that we're so prone to wandering. Getting out of step. Forgetting about God's faithfulness. And we need to hear and be reminded, hey, listen, not all who wander are lost. There's a sense where we can be feeling aimlessly, but God is still present. God is working through even that to shape something in us. And it might be painful. There might be consequences to our wandering. The story that Jesus told, wasn't it, of the prodigal son? Two sons at home. Both of those sons, mind you, self-righteous, just in different ways. But one of those sons said, Dad, I wish you were dead. I'd love my part of the inheritance now. 
And he took his part of the inheritance and he left. It says he squandered it. All sorts of ways that you would expect a young man to squander money. Until he found himself in a pig pen, destitute, no friends, hungry, desperate. There were consequences to wandering. But it was in that pig pen that it says he came to his senses and said, I must return to my father. Even pig pens can be used by God. In fact, if you have a wandering son or a wandering daughter, one of the best things that you can pray for them is God, take them to a pig pen. Maybe there they'll discover that they need a father. Not all who wander are lost. But in that place, this morning my encouragement to you is keep following. Keep following till you see Jesus. The Israelites were following and they had the cloud and they had the fire. But it was Paul who was able to tell us that one that they followed, that rock, that rock was Christ all along. That was Jesus in their midst. They couldn't see him. And sometimes in your wanderings, you can't, right? There have been times in my wanderings and the circumstances of my life and the, the, the pain that goes on or the disappointments or the griefs that in my wandering, it's hard to see Jesus in the midst of it sometimes. But he's there. He's there. They drank from the same spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. So my encouragement to you this morning is simply as this. As you wander, as you follow, as you walk with God, keep following till your eyes see Jesus. Look for Jesus. That's where we want to walk, where Jesus is walking. We want to hear his voice, come, follow me, and I will show you what it means to be a fisher of men. Come, follow me. I'm going to the other side of the lake. Come on, let's follow me. Keep following till we find Jesus. And one day, one day we will see him face to face. Paul says, our eyes of faith will give way to see eyes of sight. And we will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. What a day that'll be. And if you don't mind, I will probably spend a few thousand years in the new heaven and the new earth quite gladly, just lying on my back, watching clouds, and just going, these are even better, right? These are even better. And we will be home. But in the wandering now, in the struggle now, just remember God saying, hey, listen, I will lead you. I've got your back. And yeah, sometimes we wander. 
and it hurts, but not all who wander are lost. Keep following and keep looking and keep searching and keep grasping and saying, I want to follow till I see Jesus. He's my only hope. He's my living hope. Let's pray.